Hey guys, welcome along to a brand new episode of Skin Me Up Body. We're going to be doing Star Trek and the Darkness in this episode. And I have to say, um, I'm not sure how this podcast is going to go. I, I watched the movie again last night in preparation to do this podcast this evening. And uh, I have to say, I'm, I'm in kind of two minds about this movie. There's a heck of a lot to like about it. But at the same time, there's a heck of a lot to not like about it. And, you know, I would say probably there's more to like than dislike in it. Like, the the cast do a fantastic job in this movie. And, uh, you know, even Simon Pegg kind of won me over a little bit in this viewing as Scotty. But I have to say... By the end of this movie, even though he did want me back a little bit, I still don't think he was a good pick for Scotty. But he is very, very good in this film. Um, the whole cast is back. Uh, Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Zoe Saldana, Carol Urban. Uh, they're all back. The main you know, bridge crew of the Enterprise. We get uh, Peter Weller is in here too. Along with uh, <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, <laughs> now, it was no big shock or surprise where they were going to go with this one with Cumberbatch, and uh, the way they did it was good. But ah, uh, let's just do a quick synopsis of the. The plot of the film. And then I'm going to get into my thoughts on where I've fallen on it after watching it again. Um, at the beginning of the movie, Kirk is removed from command of the Enterprise for violating the Prime Directive after he shows, you know, shows the ship itself to the primitive habit inhabitants of a planet. Uh, while he's trying to save them from like a super volcano, as well as Spock, that's inside it. You know, Kirk is uh, bitch slapped into oblivion by Starfleet for violating the Prime Directive and loses command of the Enterprise, which is given back to Pike in this movie, and Spock is transferred to another ship. Uh, shortly afterwards, a Starfleet officer. Thomas Harwood, sent by Commander John Harrison, bombs a Section 31 installation in London. During an emergency meeting of the situation, Harrison uses a ship to ambush and kill Pike and other senior officers before transporting to Kronos, homeland of the Klingons. I think that I'm going to be bombing through this very, very quickly here. Um... Admiral Marcus reinstates Kirk and Spock to the Enterprise of orders to kill Harrison using a new long-range stealth torpedo. Uh, Scotty objects to allowing untested torpedoes on board without knowing their specifications. When he's overruled, he resigns. Kirk assigns Chekhov to replace Scotty and en route to Kronos. Enterprise's warp capabilities become disabled. Kirk leads the team 
of Spock and Uhura to the planet where they are ambushed by Klingon patrols. John Harrison appears and kills the Klingons, like super soldier territory. By this point in the movie, you know exactly where they're going with this guy. Uh, Harrison quite easily takes out the Klingons, he quite easily takes out Kirk, Spock and Uhura. But uh, he surrenders when he learns the precise number of torpedoes on board the Enterprise. Uh, McCoy and Marcus's daughter, Dr. Carol Marcus. Now she, when she gets on the Enterprise at the start, she's not using the name Carol Marcus. But you, you know, when you start to see some of the names popping up in this movie, you know, when you hear her name, you know, you're going to be thinking Star Trek 2 straight away, like Dr. Carol Marcus. Uh, anyway, John Harrison, as we'll call him at this point, tells Kirk to open one of the torpedoes. So McCoy and Carol Marcus open a torpedo, uh, revealing the torpedo contains a cryogenically frozen human. Harrison is taken to the Enterprise brig where he reveals his true identity as Khan Noonien Singh. We knew this was going to happen before this movie came out. Um, he's a genetically engineered superhuman. Uh, we all know the backstory of Khan, where he came from. Now, this is a alternative timeline we're in in the Kelvin universe. So you know he was found a lot sooner than he would have been in the prime timeline and uh, not by the enterprise and kirk like what originally happened but by uh admiral marcus he woke him up and uh forced him to develop advanced weapons can reveals that Marcus sabotaged the Enterprise's warp drive intended for the Klingons to destroy the ship after it fired at, Kling at Kronos. That was the plan. They weren't originally supposed to be going to the planet to capture Khan, but Kirk having the, the moral compass of the officers around him echoing in his head, he was going to carry out his orders, but then he says, no, we'll not fire torpedoes, we'll go get him. Uh, it was all a plan by Marcus to ignite a war between the Klingons and the Federation. Khan also gives Kirk a set of coordinates, which Kirk asks Scotty to investigate. And Scott discovers the coordinates lead to a covert Starfleet facility. with a big, big starship in there. Now... Okay, I'm not going to get into it just yet. There's a few little gripes I have of this movie. And it is... Some of them are nitpicking little things. But some of them are blatantly... You know, what the heck were you thinking whenever you did that sort of deal? Um, the Enterprise is intercepted by a much larger Starfleet warship. The USS Vengeance, commanded by Marcus. Marcus demands that Kirk deliver can but Enterprise flees to Earth to expose him. But after the Vengeance disables Enterprise near the moon, Carol reveals her presence aboard the, the Enterprise to stop the attack. 
Marcus forcibly transports Carol to the Vengeance before ordering Enterprise's destruction. Vengeance loses power after being sabotaged by Scotty. He is on board the other ship with transporters down. Kirk and Khan, with the latter's knowledge of the warship's design, space jump to Vengeance, which is a pretty decent scene I have to say that was very very enjoyable that, that part of the movie that was very very well done uh, okay I'm going to leave that bit of it out and we'll come back to it later but uh, basically while Kirk and Cam have space jumped over to the vengeance Spock discovers exactly who Khan is and uh, right okay Khan then okay we were waiting for it since I revealed who he was it just was a matter of time before the backstabbing happened Khan demands that Spock return his frozen crew in exchange for the Enterprise officers that's the Enterprise officers being Kirk and Scotty and of course the torpedoes that Enterprise is loaded with to fire at this planet have got every crew member of Khan's crew inside them. So uh, he demands the exchange. Spock complies, but he and McCoy had did a little bit of surgery on the the torpedoes and removed the crew and uh, armed the warheads inside it. So when Khan starts shooting at the Enterprise Spock detonates the warheads cripple on the ship. With both starships caught in Earth's gravity at this point, they plummet towards the surface, and Kirk enters Enterprise's radioactive reactor chamber to realign the warp core, sacrificing himself to save the ship. Now, I wasn't even going to get into that there, but it is part of the plot. We need to cover that, but there is a couple of other glaring little things here that didn't destroy the movie for me, but... uh, you know what, didn't help. <laughs> uh, Cam, thinking that he's lost his entire crew, decides he's going to crash the vengeance into San Francisco in an attempt to, destru- to, to destroy Starfleet headquarters. While McCoy discovers that Cam's blood has regenerative properties that may save Kirk, uh, Spock pursues Cam through the city and the two engage in hand to hand combat. And Ahura beams down at the last moment to stun Khan. Because at this point in the movie, Spock is out for blood. Very emotional in this this movie. Um, with Kirk's death scene, uh, there's a whole running thing in here with relationships between the characters throughout the movie. And, uh, you know, Kirk saved Spock at the start. And the reason he lost his command was because Spock wrote a report about it, not realising that Kirk went back for him, broke the Prime Directive because he considered Spock a friend. And you know, Spock only really realised this whenever Kirk dies in the movie. And uh, instead of, you know, we've got the famous line from The Wrath of Khan where Kirk screams, Khan! In this movie, Spock does it. Khan! He goes off and ready to kill him, but uh, 
McCoy when he made the discovery of the regenerative properties of the blood after Spock left the ship. So her beams down to uh, try and stop him, which she does successfully. Uh, anyway, at the end of the movie, they use the blood of Khan and its regenerative properties to regenerative properties. It's late at night, that's a big word. Excuse me. Uh, and uh, yes, Kirk is saved at the end of the movie. And uh, one year later, Kirk speaks at Enterprise's rededication ceremony. And the Enterprise crew embarks on their five year mission, which would have been the original series timeline sort of a deal. And uh, I don't know, it's just a. Uh, there's a lot of things in this movie that kind of, I don't want to say weirded me out. You know, it's, this movie came out at a time when, you know, it almost seems that everything has to be, you know, all bells and whistles these days. You know, like, you know, it's not so much about storyline these days, but, but how good something looks it's just it's getting to that point now where it's it's like i have met many people over the years friends coming from the cinema and maybe they've been on to see a film that i haven't seen yet but looking forward to see and the conversation usually goes the same i'm just like you know i'm not a big one for spoilers depending on the film but uh, I love to run this one past some people just to see what their reaction is. And it's like, you know, they're coming out of a movie. Or they've seen a movie. I come across them. And I'm like, well, did you see such and such? And they're like, yeah, we did see it. And I was like, what was it like? It looked amazing, man. It looked absolutely fantastic. And I'm like, well, was the film any good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. It was great. It, was just, it looks amazing. And it's, it just seems to be all about the visuals these days and not the storyline. Like, I've, I've, I've even pushed that with some people. And they say, what was the film about? You know, is there anything you... You know, don't be worrying about spoiling it for me. Just give me something here. And it just usually sticks to that same thing. That it looks great, man. You're going to love it. And, you know, it's just... I think uh, Star Trek Into the Darkness suffers from that a little bit. It's just a lot of style over substance at the end of the day right i enjoyed this movie don't get me wrong i'm kind of give it a bit of a hard time there but uh as i said if this movie's on i will sit down partake of it and enjoy it but there's a few things <laughs> at the beginning of the movie um there's that super volcano gonna go off on the planet and Spock has an idea to shut it down. He drops this device in. That'll basically freeze it and save the planet. Which is all fine and well. They get in there. They're on a shuttlecraft. And Spock ends up getting trapped. <coughs> inside the erupting volcano. Now the only way they can get him out of there is to beam him out. And they need the Enterprise to be in close proximity to do it. Now the thing is... Spock makes a song and dance about, you know, you can't bring the Enterprise to save me. The, the inhabitants of the planet are going to see the ship. We can't do that. We can't do that. And the, 
And the, the thing for me is, you know, that would have worked better if the Enterprise had been in orbit of the planet and dove down and did what it had to do to save Spock all fine and well. But for some weird unknown reason, at the beginning of Star Trek Into the Darkness, Kirk has decided to park the Enterprise in the ocean. So why make the big song and dance about, you know, we can't use the Enterprise to come get me because the inhabitants might see it? Well, how the hell did they get the Enterprise into the ocean without it been seen in the first place? You know, stupid little things like that. Um, other things. I think that's probably the biggest one out of all of it. And uh, the other part is when Kirk contacts Scotty over the communicator to uh, go check out the coordinates, they're over around Kronos at this stage. Scotty is at Earth. I take it to be on Earth because he knew he quit before Enterprise left, so he's obviously on Earth somewhere at this point. Now, I don't know what the communication range is of your standard Starfleet communicator, but I'm pretty damn sure that the, the range in them wouldn't go the whole way from Earth to Kronos. Like, it's a heck of a long distance away there. And it was, it's little things they got there that just don't ruin the film for you, but you're thinking to yourself, would that actually work? I don't know, some people are probably sitting listening to this now going, it's a science fiction movie, dickhead, wise up. But, you know, if you're going to create a universe, the universe normally has rules within it, whether it be real or science fiction. Now, if you set up a list of rules within that science fiction universe you need to stick by them you can't break them willy-nilly just to you know get from one plot point to the next and uh it was that sort of stuff there that really kind of got under my skin about it um the whole thing with can in this movie wasn't upset about it you know benedict cumberbatch Great actor, plays a great villain, but he's not can. You know, he's definitely, he's not, he's never going to have that iconic can that we originally had in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Can, or indeed Space Seed. But uh, he did a good job on it, and I kind of liked what they did and how they used can within this movie. And, uh, but the one part, and I have to say now, that's not something that I would have liked to have derailed the movie for me. But it was how, and when I was going through the plot, I left a part of it out there because I wanted to come back to it now. And that was how Spock discovers the truth about Can, while Can and Kirk are off doing their space jump over to the other ship. He calls up old Spock. Of course, Leonard Nimoy shows up in this movie for a swift couple of lines. And uh, unfortunately, we did lose Nimoy a couple of years after this movie came out. 
but it was just it's just the way they've done it you know it's like young spock calls up older spock of course we know in the previous movie history was changed because of older spock he got trapped in the past and we got a new timeline and whatnot so we ended up with two spocks an old one and a young one occupying the same time and space so he's on new vulcan in this movie and uh young spock of course is on the enterprise and can is revealed and uh he calls him up and he's like you know and all your travels did you ever meet a man called can and nimoy is like you know i made a vow not to give you any information that would you know destroy your your destiny or take you in a different path it's yours to tread in your own and yours only uh, but having said that can Nunin Singh is the the most dangerous adversary the Enterprise ever faced and he won't you know hesitate to kill every last one of you and we did beat him but at great cost uh, of course referring to his own death in Star Trek 2 the wrath of Khan but uh it was there that's what had happened for me i was just like oh man what did you do that for you didn't need to do it like it's nice to have that old call back of one of the original cast members having a cameo in the movie but gosh did you really just need to put in that information dump right there and there's no need for it really like you know the next scene you know can does indeed betray Kirk and they end up in the disaster that is the end of the movie um, <laughs> but uh, it was just that thing of and this is why I was saying in the previous podcast episode about you know the job that J.J. Abrams did on Star Trek and Star Trek and the Darkness should have been a foreshadowing of how he was going to deal with the Star Wars movies and of course we all know how that went uh, for me I like J.J. Abrams as a director he's very very good at giving you a good visual movie but what I have learned through Star Trek and Star Wars as well is that he's pretty good at starting something off but he's not good at keeping it going or finishing it and uh, we definitely did get that with Star Trek and the Darkness because you know all the key points that would have been in the original Star Trek 2 The Wrath of Khan there's a good few of them in this movie as well but they're the mirror image essentially of what originally happened so instead of Spock sacrificing himself to save the Enterprise. In this movie, we get Kirk sacrificing himself to save the Enterprise. And, uh... Oh, and that whole regenerative bloods thing as well, just now. And I'm looking at it on my notes here. We basically get the cure to death in this movie through Khan's blood. There's how many 71, 72 odd crew, uh, all superhumans, and you know, they're all super soldiers basically, you know, and of course, if, if Khan's blood 
has this regenerative property like obviously all the rest of them have so you know what's going to happen there then you know it's just like you know all diseases are gone at this point all bets is off you know Kirk dies saving the enterprise and he's out of the game for quite a while and they pump him full of this stuff and bring him back to life and you know and just what do they do at the end of the movie the, the freeze can put him on the his little tube and lock him away at the end of the movie but we got the cure to death at the end of Star Trek in the darkness as well uh, just a lot of weird little plot points in there that I just kind of thought to myself it's weird but but in saying all that the movie is an enjoyable time the effects are great uh, probably one of the other little nitpicking things is when the the vengeance catches up to the Enterprise while it's at warp and fires upon the Enterprise and blows it out of warp essentially because there's a lot of parts in this movie where I actually thought to myself you know this is visually stunning and all that but could the Enterprise actually have survived that and again it's a science fiction movie you know it's it's it's, it's not real but it, as a Star Trek fan it is real and uh, there's you know again there's just a that whole thing of you know you build up this universe the universe has rules on it and you either stick to the rules or you don't it just seems to be a lot of rule betting in this movie just to get from one plot plot point to the other that's kind of where I've fallen on it but you know again if the movie is on I will sit down to watch it um, and in all honesty last night was a stupid time for me to start under the movie because I wanted to get it watched so I could record this tonight but uh, I started that movie at like 9.30 last night and I normally have to get up in the morning like just before 4am so you know a couple hours worth of a movie surviving in about four and a half five hours sleep it's uh it's not good times but that just goes to show you you know even with its faults it will keep me out of bed to watch it so uh that's where i fall on that on star trek and darkness and it, you know i kind of feel that these movies won't get any better than that first one you know, this is a good follow up but uh, it's just that whole you know mirror image stuff going on there that just the film has got a good fairly good strong story in it makes a lot of sense on what they're trying to do what they're trying to achieve in there but there's at a certain point within the movie where the storytelling and they they're even you know the writing storytelling whatever you want to call it the directing just got lazy at a stage and they're like you know what uh we've got can here how are we going to deal with all this stuff you know what happened in star trek 2 you have you know spock dies saving the enterprise how about we get some regenerative blood from can then we kill kirk instead of spock and you know it's ah i just felt like you know We've got a great idea here, we just don't know how to finish it. Or we just don't know how to follow it out. Uh, 
that's going to do it for this episode guys i hope you enjoyed it i hope i didn't crap in this movie too much like i want to make it as clear as possible that i do genuinely have a good time watching this movie apart from those little bits is like why the hell is that enterprise on the ocean bed at the start of the movie the visual of the enterprise coming up out of the water is fantastic like some guy was just like this would look amazing let's do this but why why would you have the enterprise there there's no need for her to be there especially every year the first thing they're doing they're in a damn shuttlecraft and the, the volcano enterprise doesn't even need to be within the atmosphere of the planet Alright, that's just I'm just winding myself up now. The film is good. It's a good time. If you've never seen it, check it out. But just Ah oh, JJ. What were you thinking? Don't be so lazy. Stop copying the stuff that came before. Do something new. This has been a production of Coins Edge Media. Thank you so much for listening.